1: That's stamps.com. Code program.
0: This is the Cork Today replay on C103.
1: Gardening on C103 with Bandon Co-op Garden Centers in Bandon, Kinsale and Enniskeen. For top quality plants, advice and value, think Bandon Co-op Garden Centers. C103.
0: I'm Peter Dowd of theirishgardener.com uh, joining me. Good afternoon to you, Peter.
2: Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm
0: very well, thank you. And just to listeners, you can stop calling, texting and WhatsApping because we've got so many questions in for Peter. Not a hope of getting through uh, all of them. So you can stop particularly calling because the phone lines are getting swamped uh, with uh, John Paul. Okay, gorgeous weather at the moment, um, Peter, but we've been having some frost. There's another frost forecast for tonight. Is that doing damage? Do we need to worry?
2: Yes, yes, and no, Trish. I suppose is the, is the answer there. In that, for the vast majority of plants that we have growing in the garden, no, it's not going to do damage. So we we will probably get a few questions over the next couple of weeks, uh, with you know hedges and and new shrubs where the leaves have gone black and things like that. So any new growth the plants shrubs will have produced in the garden. Uh, so far this season that new growth is tender and that will be susceptible to frost damage so it will blacken or maybe go brown but that's all very superficial damage Trish and, and they'll grow out of it quick enough because while the temperatures are dropping quite low they're not for any length of time so it won't do any harm to those established plants um, The 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 where we do need to take care is for little annual seedlings and vegetable seedlings and seed potatoes things like that so uh, it's far too early yet to be even thinking about your summer bedding But uh, if you have got some, or if you've grown your own from seed, or if you've bought it, uh, don't, with the sunny days that we're having now, don't be encouraged to start getting it out too early. Because that, if it does drop low overnight, which it will, that will be killed off. That, that, that They they just won't survive it. So your little annual seedlings, your summer bedding seedlings, your vegetable seedlings, uh, don't dream of moving them out yet. It is going to be too cold at night and that will put pay to them. And also your seed potatoes. If you have put in your seed potatoes, uh, just take care. If the foliage is up over the soil, earth up around them, maybe even throw a bit of fleece over, anything like that. Um, but but the vast majority of the plants in our garden are going to be fine.
0: Okay, so Is it... It's very strange, is it, to frost at this time of the year? Where fourteenth of April.
2: Well, it's 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 unusual. It's by no means unheard of. No, okay. I mean we 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 I, I hate to say it, but we've all, we, we have often got frost up right into May. Uh, but but they're they're light enough frost. They're not lasting any length yeah. of time. I mean, yeah. they're burnt off early in the morning, so they're not doing that much damage. No.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then the days are lovely, which is which is great. Mary and Bantry, what could be eating my rhubarb leaves? <coughs>
2: Slugs, I would say to Mary. I don't there's no picture, so I can't say for certain, but I would say probably slugs. Uh, so do use one of the organic slug pellets. Use the, the one with ferric phosphate, not the metaldehyde pellets, because they are so damaging to, to local local wildlife. Um or you could look at slug traps, you could look at barrier products. Like there's one called Slug Gone, which is a wool pellet which acts excellently as a or works excellently as a, a barrier to stop the, the slugs and snails getting at the rhubarb. So I would say that's what's doing it.
0: Or you could be like me. I've had a hedgehog in my garden for the last number of years and I haven't had a slug since...
2: Aren't you lucky? Aren't I didn't I know that. Yeah, I yeah know. the last oh, couple Oh, you are years. blessed. I
0: love it to watch. We, we discovered one night with this very unusual sound coming from the two hedgehogs. We discovered hedgehogs in our garden. And then I noticed that I didn't have to put on any more slug pellets after that. They seem to be there every year, year on year. So it's terrific. Now, Breda in Ballyhay is very concerned about her holly tree. She has this holly tree. She reckons it's planted well over 60 years ago. Always laden with uh, berries, uh, more so last year than ever before. But last couple of months, it's shedding a lot of leaves and she's afraid of losing it. Is there anything she can do?
2: Yeah, it's a it, holly leaf blight is what it sounds like. It's a fungal infection. It's it's become it's, it's a relatively new problem only over the last 20 years. But we have seen it a lot, particularly down around here over the last five or six years, even 10 years. Um so what to do, it's it's kind of cultural control is the first step, if you like, Patricia. You know, what that means is you you physically remove as much of the infected material as possible. So prune off any, any growth that is dropping leaves or has any signs of infection. Like you, you might see mottling, very kind of uh, ugly looking mottling on the leaf. So that that's a sign of it. So any, any leaves that have that mottling or they're, they're discoloured at all, are they dropping the leaves? Prune them off. Okay. Now it's also important that you maintain good hygiene where possible, and this isn't always practical, particularly around the base of a mature holly, Patricia. That you you remove any dead or infected material from around the ground because that the spores will just go back into the soil. So remove them, prune off the infection, then you treat the infection. And again, it's my my go-to fella, which is the copper sulfate, which is a very good broad-spectrum organic fungicide. So make a solution of the the copper sulfate with water. Drench as much of the holly plant and the soil around it as possible, and that will help to control the leaf blight. Uh, and then just feed the plant, feed it to keep it healthy something like the nature safe seaweed feed or something like that. Um, then, as I say, you cross your fingers and yeah, hope for the best. But it, th- 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 it, it probably will have work if you do all those steps, it, you will prob- most likely be successful.
0: Okay, there's no way you can breathe. Uh, Marie in Cove wants to know can you slip a forest flame, and what's the best time of the year to do it?
2: well you can uh you would it's still a bit too early so what you what you do with the the forest flame is the same as what you would do with the vast majority of our garden shrubs actually it's what's called a a nodal cutting so you 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 uh, semi ripe so the semi ripe nodal cutting means that you're taking semi ripe wood which is growth that's produced this year but not yet if you like so you would do it in june or july take a cutting of this year's growth take about 4 with the with the forest flame i would take about 4 or 5 inches of a cutting the base of the cutting has to be at a node now a node is just quite simply where the the leaf meets the stem but that's where the magic that's the magical part of the stem because that's where all the auxins and all the hormones are it's at these nodes so uh, if you if you cut between a node that's never going to come to anything just rot so the cutting will rot off so the base of the cutting has to be at a node um but as I say about four or five inches in length remove what we call the terminal bud which is the topmost bud on the cutting which might be a flower bud or a leaf bud but just remove that and then remove everything Trish but one or two leaves leave them on the cutting uh, and when you're removing the leaves don't peel them because you can end up peeling a bit of the bark of the cutting too and that's where that's where infection will get in so use a scissors or a very good secateurs. remove all but one or two of the leaves base of the cutting will be at a node into a bit of rooting powder, into some compost. Uh, As I say, if you do that June, July, August, I would expect you to see that begin to root after four or five weeks.
0: Okay, Anne says, how do you prune the stalk feathers on a pampas and how far do I prune them to?
2: well the, the 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 feathers or the plumes they're the kind of the flowers if you like, so all you do is you you, you follow that whole stem down to ground level that stem itself isn't going to flower again for you uh you will the, the plant if it's if it's all good and all healthy will produce more flowers but on new stems, so that stem that flowered last year you can remove that to ground level.
0: Okay, and then Mary from the Wild West sent in a WhatsApp that we came in in time, so we were able to get it on to uh, Peter uh, to say, hi, Peter and Patricia, I saw this last week, must have one. And then she's taking a photograph. Can you identify, please? Would it be a variety (laughs) of Berberus? And it's beautiful.
2: Yes, and it is a variety of berberus, and it is beautiful. It's Berberus darwinii, a lovely evergreen berberus with those gorgeous orange flowers, uh, and it's a stunning plant. Loved by the bees, actually. It's a good one because it flowers quite early in the year. It flowers depending on what part of the country you're in, Anytime really from December, January, right into May, June. Um uh, and the bees love it at that time of the year. The pollinators love it. So it's, a, it's an important plant to grow. It's also, it's evergreen. It's quite thorny. So it's, it, it makes quite a good refuge for birds to build their nests in as well. So it's a good plant to have for, for local biodiversity. Uh, just bear in mind, the, the Darwinia will get quite large, as you can see in that photograph, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, it'll get, certainly get to seven or eight feet in height and a similar type spread. You can get war forms of it. But if you have the space, it's a lovely, lovely plant to put in.
0: Like the colour is just stunning. Uh, could you please ask, ask Peter about black spot on roses? I've tried everything in the last two years: <laughs> sprayed, I've mulched them. I seem to be picking black spot leaves off on a daily basis.
2: Well, this goes back to what we were talking about with the holly and the leaf blight. So it, it, it's again, it's cultural control: so pruning off the infected growth. But with, if I take a step back, it, it's much easier to prevent plants getting a fungal infection than it is to control it when they have it. So uh, the best thing to do now is to try and prevent that. It's too early for roses to have developed black spot yet so we can take action. So good pruning is necessary, which has hopefully been done by now. Uh, so pruning in this case, you want to keep a good open centre. You want good air circulation through that plant because if it's very congested with leaves and foliage, that's, that's going to lead to poor air circulation and the ideal conditions for the development of things like rust and black spot and mildew. So we want the opposite we want good air circulation so if that means pruning to all and just leaving three or four little main stems that's fine because you'll get plenty of growth from those three or four stems during the season but make sure that those three or four stems aren't facing in like crossing each other make sure they're all facing away from each other Okay, so good pruning uh, then drench it again with the copper sulfate mixed with water, mix the, the soil around the rose and the rose itself feed it uh, and rose is like a specific rose food and uh, they're, they're quite hungry feeders, the more you feed them the better they'll do and I would use the, the, the Gouldings, it's another Irish brand the liquid Gouldings liquid rose food so feed it to keep it good and healthy to stop it getting the infection in the first place drench it with the copper sulfate prune it um, and then what I would say to you is this, and this is what I've discovered over the years, if it still gets black spot Life is too short. <laughs> Take it out. <laughs> Take it out. But you can't right. put another there. rose
0: back in there.
2: No, you can't. No. no, you can't. Not right in the same spot, but you can somewhere else in the garden. Because there was a rose called Iceberg, which is a lovely white uh, floribunda rose. And I absolutely adore it. Uh, and I tried growing it for many years. But after I, this is going back quite a while now, Trish, but after about 10 years trying to grow it, it kept getting black spot, I just gave up on it and I said life is too short for this, took out the, the, the iceberg uh, and I grow other white roses like Winchester Cathedral now and things which are, don't really get it And so there are so many roses available, if your one is, a, is one that's prone to getting black spot, bite the bullet and get rid of it Yeah,
0: absolutely Okay, for Peter, I, have, I planted my spuds back in March now the leaves are coming up over the earth but I've noticed yellow and black leaves, will this affect the new spuds?
2: shouldn't the the the, that's the low temperatures that i spoke of there at the start to to be careful that we are going to get low temperatures again over the next few nights that's that's that hopefully superficial damage now it's impossible for me to say that accurately without seeing the picture but i would imagine that it's just frost damage so that's why it's so important to earth up around them so when when they're as he describes they're just above the solid surface earth earth up again around them uh, and i think they'll be okay
0: Tom planted a laurel hedge 12 months ago all seems to be doing well except for one patch I assume says Tom that it's some kind of bug I've sprayed with bug spray twice and with rose clear twice uh, but it's not doing very well it now seems to be spreading to laurel plants on either side could Peter recommend what it could be and what I can do about it
2: well, the very first thing I would say to Tom is you've sprayed poison on the ground four times without really knowing why or what you're treating. So be very careful. Like these are nasty, nasty chemicals like that you're spraying onto the, the like you wouldn't you wouldn't dose a poisonous medicine into yourself if the doctor didn't tell you it was necessary. So we'd have to be careful. Like just to say I poured bug spray and I poured roast on it four times over the year. Like we have to be more responsible than that. And I'm sorry, Nolas, you didn't want me to start into a rant, but we have to be more responsible than that. Like it could be fungal, so we're putting insecticides which are killing the bees and ladybirds onto the hedge and having no effect at all if send me in a photograph and i'd love to have a look at it to see if i can advise because just to say a bit of it's wrong and it might be a bug infection i can't say from that okay. it could we, be nutrients we, it might actually, just need a bit I, of plant food
0: yeah we have a photograph here on whatsapp i'll get john paul to send it on um afterwards uh, to you okay let me go to some of the other texts coming in hi uh, peter do you have to water bare root roses once planted
2: Yes, definitely. And in fact, any bare root plants, uh, your kind of window to plant them is up to, I suppose, really the last few weeks, up to the end of March. Um, But yeah, they will require, they're not in their own little root ball, if you like, a potted plant would be. uh, So you will have to water them well now. Uh, and throughout this growing season not forever but just for the first growing season Tricia until they get well established Uh, but yeah do pay attention to watering them
0: Liz says uh, Hi Dermot Ron Gardener." it's Peter Uh, can I put my yucca (laughs) plant outside now they've got very big for my conservatory can you move them outside
2: ooh depends on the yucca Patricia if they're doing well in the conservatory I certainly wouldn't move them out in one go okay so the reason I'm hesitating is there's some yucca varieties which won't survive outside in Ireland. They will in Spain or Portugal, but not here. Um, then there are some varieties which will survive outside here. So that's why I said it depends on the variety. So there's one, yucca Flacida and yucca Gloriosa, which will survive outside here. But if it's not that variety or one of those varieties or species rather, then uh, they won't be hardy outside. So even if it is yucca Gloriosa or yucca Flacida, one of the ones which will survive outside here, if it's been grown in a conservatory up to now it'd be too big a shock to move it out in one go, particularly when we might get to zero degrees, you know what I mean? So you'd have to, even if it's an outdoor variety you'd have to acclimatise it by moving it out for a few hours each day and I wouldn't even begin to do that until probably middle of May. Uh, but first things first send us in a picture and we'll see if it's an indoor or an outdoor one.
0: Okay, hi uh, Eileen and Clan. What tree Peter, would you recommend to plant as a Christmas tree in a coastal garden? I would like to plant a tree that would Give a nice shape for Christmas time, and then be able to put decorations uh, on it over the Christmas period. Thanking you.
2: Lovely. Um I, I think I would probably go for and this. Is what's most commonly grown as the cut Christmas tree nowadays. It's the Nordman fir, or Abies, A B I E S, Abies, Abies Nordmanniana. just um, so a quick Google for Nordman, N O R D M A N. Nordman fir uh, and that'll take our coast coastal conditions and it 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 gets the perfect Christmas tree like we used to we used to grow and they're still available the you know the noble noble fir isn't it um but they don't always get give you that perfect shape whereas the Nordman fir gives you that that christmas card Christmas tree it shape does, very yeah. very naturally with very little pruning, so that's what I'd go for in that situation lovely idea
0: and Mary has a chrysanthemum in a pot and she's noticed it has some green fly on the leaves. What can she do to save it
2: what I would do in the first instance, actually, if it's not too much of a trish, I'd just get a scissors and remove the, the couple of shoots uh, that have the green fly on it and throw them in the compost bin. And that, that might be enough to take care of it. If not, you can you could do one of two things. You could give it a drench of the garlic wash, which we've mentioned in all, many times in this program, Trish, where you, where you mix garlic with water, uh, water it onto the, the plant and it makes the plant unpalatable to the green fly. Or there's another thing which is very, very good and it's a, a product called grazers. So grazers do a range of... Of environmentally sound products where they they work with the plants to, to fight off insects so it's they're all based on different formulations of calcium but grazers do a product which is for caterpillars uh, uh, and aphids I think it's called grazers I think it's um for cabbage white fly and caterpillars but that also works very very well against green fly and aphids so get yourself some of the grazers for aphid uh, spray it on the plant it won't kill anything uh, so I won't be giving out to you for, for, for spraying poisons, <laughs> uh, but it won't kill anything, but it'll make the plant totally resistant to, to the green fly.
0: OK, and some quick ones. Eileen planted a gristlinia hedge last Saturday. How much watering does it require and when will she be trimming top and sides?
2: Uh, she only planted it last Saturday, is yeah, that right?
0: yeah last saturday yeah
2: well i wouldn't be trimming yeah i wouldn't be trimming it till probably start of next spring next next february uh, if if even then if it needs to take the, the top and sides down then you could do it in september this year if you wanted but i'd probably leave it till the spring water it's a hard you can't just say unfortunately it needs a pint today a or anything like that you kind of need to go with your guts so so it, it will need you will you probably can't overwater it now coming into the spring summer so err on the side of a bit too much water i would say than too little
0: and a uh, listener wants to know is it too early to set flowers pansies, violas and other summer plants at this stage I'm assuming they're worried about the frost
2: yeah then they're right to be worried so in fact with pansies and violas you're probably going to be okay because they tend to be universals now so they should be safe enough but any, any other summer flowering plants your hanging basket plants bedding plants absolutely too early for another okay. few weeks yet
0: ok we've got to wrap it up there listen thank you for that Peter have a lovely week
2: I do. Thanks, Chris. And
0: we'll talk again and next week. That is Peter Dowda, the IrishGardener.com. And keep a look out us. I saw him last uh, Friday where he does the live Facebook uh, Q and A session. It's really good. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too.
2: That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.